Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Catholic with Father Scott Waller. And as we always try to do, let's start with the prayer for the cause of sainthood for Venerable Bishop Frederick Barriga. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, thank you for the life and holiness of your servant, Frederick Barriga. I pray you will honour him by the title of saint. He dedicated himself completely to missionary activity to make you known, loved and served by the people who you love. As a man of peace and love, Barriga brought peace and love everywhere he travelled. Lord, grant Venerable Bishop Barriga the grace of beatification. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we find ourselves in September with Bishop Barriga. Just a reminder that what I've been doing this year is the diary of Bishop Frederick Barriga, First Bishop of Marquette, Michigan, edited and annotated by Regis M. Walling and the Reverend N. Daniel Rupp, translated by Joseph Grigorich and the Reverend Paul Prudhomme, S.J., and it's published by Wayne State University Press, which is in Detroit, and the copy I have dates from... Let's see, where is the page? The page, the page, the page with the, the date, and then the eyesight to be able to read the date, 1990. Um, so that's what we've been working our way through for this year. As you know, covering all the entries pertinent to the the months that we find ourselves in for the diary of Bishop Marigan. And of course we start in the year 1853. You're going to all be blown away by the amount of entries there are for September 1853. So I better, I better go on with it. Okay. September 29th. Today I arrived in Lens but left on October 3rd to go to Europe. That's it. That's all he, all he put down for, that's the tail end of September, of course, and that's all he put down for September. There is a, a footnote, and the footnote says, Barriga had determined, determined to go to Europe for priestly and financial assistance for the Indian missions, whether he became bishop or not. So then moving on to 1854, 1854, um, September 3rd is the first entry. Uh, confirmations at La Ponte, nearly 100 were confirmed, which is excellent, of course. September 4th arrived at Ontonogon. And then the uh, next entry, September 10th, uh, administered confirmation to 20 persons. And then September 18th, returned to the, the Sioux, where I received many letters, both good and bad. On September 20th, conferred the four minor orders on Mr. Teal. And there's a footnote for that. Uh, this was written in the margin, apparently. Uh, Henri Louis Teal, a classical scholar, was born in Osnabrück, Hanover in 1819. He had taught English and French and worked for the Varchhaisfreund in Cincinnati for five years by the time he met Barriga. His ordination was Barriga's first. 
Teal served impressively in Eagle Harbour and its missions until early 1860s. The isolation and loneliness of a remote station led to personal problems. It doesn't say what that is here, but you know, usually that's drink in uh, in the missions that I have heard. And and as I trained to be a missionary when I was at seminary the first time, uh, we had more than an average amount of alcoholics within the congregation. It would seem to me, but anyway, the um, in October uh, 1862. He left the diocese for Cleveland, however, he returned in July 1864 and worked in Marquette and Rockland and then brackets, including Ontonoggin and the mining locations, until the fall of 1871. He went to Notre Dame, Indiana, where he taught for 13 months until his death on August 17, 1870. Uh, Jacker wrote that his friend Teal's story was too long and too sad to tell, Teal always had a great devotion to Mary, refuge of sinners. And because um, Jacob was the one, I think, I remember was the one that became second bishop. Uh, so back to the, the entries, uh, September 22nd, went to Lons with Captain Slow and on Captain Slow. Well, the way it's in the inverted commas, that usually means uh, a, a ship. It's a strange name to give a ship, I would think, Captain Slow. Uh, then September 25th, early morning, arrived. And that's all the entries for September. But 120 confirmations, and that's uh, it's pretty good, that, I would say. And one ordination. So good for you, Bishop. And then moving on to 1856... There's a, f- there's a few entries, but they're all very short for 1856, uh, so here we go. Uh, September 4th, departed from the Sioux. September 5th, arrived at Eagle Harbour. September 7th, confirmed 15 in Eagle Harbour. Harbor. September 8th, from Eagle Harbour to Fulton Mine. September 10th, at 2am, arrived in Lons. September 4th, confirmed 11 pe- persons at Lons. September 15th at 2pm, sailed from Lons on the General Taylor and on. September 16th to the cliff, where on, and then there's nothing there. I don't know if September 16th and this next entry are supposed to be connected, but this next entry is for September 20th. I preached in three languages and confirmed uh, 26. So there might be that the way this is meant to read is to the cliff whereon I preach in three languages and confirm 26. Anyway, September 22nd, returned to Eagle Harbour, September 23rd. This morning there were some more confirmations so that in all there were 20 confirmations at Eagle Harbour. September 24th, sailed at noon from Eagle Harbour on the Manhattan and on. September 25th at 7pm arrived at the the Sioux. Once again a goodly amount of confirmations. I wonder if they have that many confirmations in Marquette now. Uh, So it was 120 in 1855 and if we do a quick 
calculation here from just the ones in this September. So that's 11, then 26, that's 37, then another 20, 57. So um, I wonder if there, there is, there might well be, of course, 57 uh, confirmations in the Marquette Diocese, so 120 one year, 57 the next year. And then that takes us, it finishes the entries for 56 for September. That'll take us the next year, which will be 1857. And there's only a few again for this time. I'm, I'm guessing it's because he could travel and, and he was busy. So September 2nd, today Mr. Piret came and brought evidence that proves the unfortunate Catherine Plant named several men as fathers of her children, by which she proves that she deserves no credence miserere. Okay, and there's no footnote about that, uh, but maybe we don't want to know what that was all about. Um, there you go. September 4th. This morning at 7, Father Manet went to Detroit, and on his way back will spend a week or two in poor Mackinac. Uh, he will do this later, it says. I'm not sure what that's about. Um, September 8th. Joseph Monsirier began his work on the church today. The scaffolding was erected. Tomorrow they will start painting the vaulted ceiling. September 11th to 12th. On the 11th, John Porter's sister died, and on the 12th she was buried. September 18th, Father Minet le has left for Mackinac, uh, Miserere, and on. Um, if you remember, as we've gone through this, Father Minet caused all sorts of problems, so I'm suspecting that uh, the Miserere that Bishop's writing is because he's not sure what uh, Father Minet might get up to when he gets to Mackinac and he's not being overseen by him. Last entry for... Uh, 1857 in September um, he has returned again that would be Father Minet so that's that's us finished with that year and then we'll move, be moving on to 1858 and I'm wondering will we get a full programme out of uh, September because again there's not a lot of mentions uh, here in the, the diary so um, September 1st again sailed on the North Star to Lawrence and on September 2nd passed the entry and during the night arrived in Lawrence I'm not sure what that past the entry means you, uh, probably some of you do whether that's going through a, port, a harbour mouth or something like that September 3rd left for Portage Lake with Mr. Yacker, which of course the Mr. here means means the Reverend Father. That was an old way to address, I think I might have mentioned that before, that was an older way to address priests in America. Didn't call them Father, they called them Mr. It had to do with a, a lot of bigotry. September 5th, preached in English and French and confirmed 12. I appointed Michael Finnegan as collector for the new church there, and I myself signed up for $20. And there's a couple of footnotes. One, Michael Finnegan 
was an Irish-born farmer. I could have guessed that. Finnegan's a good Irish name. Uh, Irish-born farmer, 37 years old, married, and the father of five children. His real estate was valued at $7,000, the federal census of 1860, Houghton County. Elia Barragher had charged him with the solicitation of funds to build the church at Eagle Harbour. That was in 1854. And then the footnote about uh, Barragher's subscription of $20. Uh, it's on the subscription list for St. Ignatius Church, Houghton, on September 5th, 1858. The next entry, September 6th, returned to Lons. And there's a footnote for that. From Lons, Barragher sent a school report. And here it is. As I don't know whether I shall have the pleasure of seeing you here or not, I will write you these few lines in order to tell you that I am very much satisfied with the change in our school. Mr. Edward Jacker, who is now our school teacher, is by far better qualified for teaching school than Mr. Brannan was, and the school is now much better attended than it was before and the progress of the scholars is visible. I can confidently say, and this is not my saying only, that the number of regularly attending scholars is at present greater on our side of the bay than on the other run by the Protestants. As always, the general number of the Indians is larger on this side than on the other. I also, in the name of our Indians, remind you, dear sir, of our kind promise, of your kind promise to build a new schoolhouse also on this side as you did on the other. I am sorry I cannot stay long enough here to see you. I have many other places yet to visit. And that was Barriga to Finch of the board. And if you remember, there was other problems, wasn't there, in other years or something, where Protestant ministers complaining about Catholic encroachment and things like that. So, um, and I guess I, I remember that incorrectly, that Mr. Jacker was a priest and had been the vicar general. Um, trying, I thought that was the name of the one who came after Bishop Barriga, but I guess, I guess not. Um, so now we're on to September 12th. Preached and confirmed 30 persons. I wanted to leave the same evening, but wisely remained on September 13th. Early in the morning went to the entry where at 3pm I boarded the good North Star. September 14th arrived at Ontonoggin at 3pm and remained with the Reverend M. Moyce until the following Monday. He was dissatisfied with this place and with the entire diocese. He will not even go to Susombury. Uh, September 19th, Sunday had a small confirmation of about nine people. September 20th. Today I went up the river to Minnesota Mine and arrived there about four o'clock and remained there the entire week with the good zealous Father Fox who is building a nice large church. What a contrast between the Reverend F. Moyce who doesn't want to hang about and is dissatisfied with everything and Father Fox who is getting on with what he's supposed to do in the circumstance in which he finds himself. September 26. Preached in three languages, confirmed 30 in the new, although still unfinished, church of St Mary. 
I was very pleased with Father Fox and with his activities. September 28th. Today I received 13 letters, both good and bad. In the afternoon I went to Maple Grove. Here in Maple Grove I was also very pleased with everything that Father Fox is doing and how he treats the people. I stayed with Mr Flanagan where I was very well treated and there's a footnote there. Captain James Flanagan, born in Ireland, again Finnegan, Flanagan, these are good Irish names, was 44 years old, married and the father of nine children. That's also from the federal census of 1860, uh, Ontonogan County. One son, Patrick, was ordained by Barriga in November 16, 1862 at Minnesota Mine. And that's the end of the entries for 1858. And now we're into 18, <coughs> excuse me, 1859, September 4th, Sunday. Bless the beautiful St Mary's Church at Minnesota Mine, preached in English, German and French, and confirmed 14 persons. September 5th, arrived in Ontonogan Village with Father Fox. September 6th, at 9pm, departed from Ontonogan on the North Star and came, and I guess this is meant to be connected with the next entry, although it's two days later, September 8th, at 6 in the morning to Sousson-Marie, where I was very sad because I did not find any of the three expected priests or the expected theologian, uh, Mr. Joseph Haller, uh, he will apparently now be coming at the beginning of October. There's a short footnote about him. Joseph Haller was from Salk City, Wisconsin. He arrived for a few days at the end of October. Haller never ended up being ordained. That's uh, from a note in January 1861. September 14th. Today we had our final snow, but it, uh, our first snow rather, but it dis disappeared quickly. So that's in September. September 21st, 36th anniversary of my ordination. Thanks be to God. 18th anniversary of my meditative morning prayers. Boundless, thanks be to God. Uh, September 23rd, I departed on the Illinois for Portage entry. Uh, but this boat is so slow that I did not arrive until late the evening of the next day. And as a result of this slowness, I have lost the following Sunday. Um, and that's the end of the entries for 1859. And moving on to 1860... We will hopefully find more because as you got as I get more used to the diary, they started putting more entries in, as many of you will have noticed. And if you've read the diary, you'll have seen that. So um, let's see. Although I've never kept a diary, so I, I don't know if that's how easy it is to get into the habit of keeping a, a diary. Uh, I don't know if I could be bothered. I probably would start, and it would be great for a couple of weeks, and then it would like remember uh, if you remember back to January when I was doing this, and um, even I think it's in January the February entries where Bishop Barriga says himself, "I don't know if I'll keep this up, 
Um, I'm not sure I've got enough things to write, and then we've since heard uh, multiple um, adventures and conflicts and different things. Anyway, 18, so now we're in uh, 1860, September 1st. A rather cool morning, but the afternoon warmed up. I read all day. September 2nd, Sunday. At 8 o'clock, offered Mass in St Mary's Church at the Cliff, preached in three languages and announced a collection, but it only brought in something over $100. To make a good collection, one must go around to the houses. After Mass, I confirmed nine persons. Uh, I wonder if that means that they didn't have collections at every Mass. They only had them occasionally. That would be quite a thing, wouldn't it? Imagine some bishops would be having kittens, as we'd say in the old country, if there wasn't that right. Some priests, actually, if they didn't have collections every Sunday, would... would uh, well, I guess they would just keep spending what they spend, actually. I don't think they would curtail. Anyway, so, left the cliff, this is September 3rd, left the cliff at 9am, and towards 1 we arrived in Eagle Harbour, where I scarcely had time to take a small midday lunch, and left on the Lady Elgin, where I met Caspar Schult, and immediately took him with me and sent him to the Sioux. And, let's see, at the top of the page, this is a footnote, Barriger wrote in large letter, letters, Caspar Schult, 3rd December 1860. September 4th, at 9am arrived in Marquette, where right away I had heard some sad reports about Duroc. For more than three months he had not been to the iron mines. Presumably that's one of the priests. September 5th I wrote to three French theological candidates, footnote, or I'll read the rest of the entry, that they should come because I hope to establish a seminary at the Sioux. One of these theologians, this is a footnote, was Honoratus Bourillon. He was born in Lorraine, France, on June 1st, 1840. In 1861, he followed his uncle, the Reverend Sebastian Duroc, that's the man I just mentioned, to Upper Peninsula. Barriger ordained him in December 1st, 1861, and assigned him to Nigoni in 1866. He accompanied Barriger to Baltimore and brought his stricken bishop back to Marquette from 1871 until 1890. He worked in Colorado and Ohio. He returned to Ishiming, Iron Mountain and Menominee, where he died on November 1st, 1902. His brother, Alcide, a priest of the Cincinnati Archdiocese, is buried at the same site. So there you are, it's a family with multiple priests in it. September 6th, Read all day. In the evening, I closed the contract with Smith for the construction of the church at Negoni, or Negoni, there's two spellings here, for $250. And it's a footnote on that. On this day, Barriger wrote two letters. One letter was to Father Teal to inform him that he could not spend, send him the money that he had promised for a gallery for St Mary's Church at Cliff because he needed the money more urgently for the church at Negoni, Barriga to Teal, Marquette, uh, uh, September 6, 1860. Uh, the other letter was to 
the PFAP in a minute. I'll look up who that is. Mr. President, have the kindness to give Mr. Arod Burian 500 francs on account of my next allotment for his journey into my diocese. If he has one or two companions, but not more, please give each one the same sum. And that was Barriger to the PFAP. And I will have a quick look. I'll pause here and have a look in the index of abbreviations as to who that is. Okay, so that stands for Propagation uh, à la foi. So it's for the propagation of the faith based in Paris. Because these guys are coming from France, aren't they? So, back to the diary. September 6th. I said that, didn't I? September 7th. Took the railroad to Negoni to find out about a church lot, but I could not determine definitely if the lot will be given to us or not. We must wait for the answer. September 8th. This morning I gave Dr. John Mackenzie $102 for his sod wood for the Pioneer Church. And there's a footnote for that. St. Paul's Church was built on the corner of Pioneer and Case Streets in Nigoni. I had, back to the entry, I had many confessions, especially in the evening, nearly until 10pm. Good for you, Bishop. September 9th, Sunday, offered Mass at 8 and at 10, preached in three languages, had three confirmations after Mass. Again, several confessions, especially in German. September 10th. Went to Pioneer again today and paid $25 to Agent Spillman for a Lot 3, Block 2, as partial payment of the $100 which the lot will cost. Perhaps we shall get it gratis or at half price. September 11th. Read all day, waiting for a boat to go down, wrapped in a cloak because it was cold and stormy. I often mentioned to Duroc about calling him to this Sioux. September 12th, by 9am, still no boat, and none all day, read in Butler and waited, the Lady Elgin is lost, more than 300 human lives, that's a tragedy. The Butler he talks about is Father Albin Butler's Lives of the Saints, which I have, uh, I have a, a copy from the 1920s in my library, and I also have a digital copy, you can find it online, uh, it's a great source for stories about about saints. Um, I can really recommend it. You know, people often ask me where do I get some of the things that I hear about saints, and they, they haven't heard them before. I, most of it, most of my stories come from Butler, so I could recommend that to you. And because uh, I was very sad about the Lady Elgin, um, so and then entry for. September 13th, again read all day and with longing, or rather boredom, waited for a boat. September 14th, Friday, still no boat here. Finally at 9pm the Illinois arrived with the sad news that the gazelle was wrecked on a rock at the entrance to Copper Harbour, but without loss of human lives. That seems to that September seems to have been a bad month for the shipping. Uh, September 15th at 4pm, I arrived at the Sioux and saw the devastation, and there's a footnote for that. Uh, 
Oh, because the Jesuits and the Ursulines were gone. Gerald Terhorst gives me consolation. I hope he will become a good missionary and Caspar Schult a good Schult a good servant. September 16th, Sunday. Today I performed everything in our church as a simple priest, as, he, as a simple priest usually would perform, so it will probably be all winter because I have little hope of finding a qualified priest for the Sioux this fall. September 17th, Mr. Terhorst keeps a well-attended school for boys and girls. I only fear that he will not persist in it for long. September 18th, Mr. Terhorst is beginning to complain that he is tired. At the next opportunity, I will write to Detroit and have a teacher come if I if one can be found. September 19th. Today I made large dis, uh, disbursements of money. Reverend Father Weinkamp, $197. Father Sitarat, $58.50. Father Murray, $7.50. $263 also given to Father Murray by L. Tremp Duncan the day before yesterday by Barbos Clark to the Reverend Shebul $50 Dr. John Mackenzie $188.88 the Reverend Duroc uh, $46 uh, September 20th entry Bought provisions, cheap, which should last a long time. Now I will be able to live more economically. September 21st. Today is the 37th anniversary of my ordination and the 19th of my morning meditative prayers, for which I thank God most earnestly in his name. September 22nd. Received $100 in gold and silver from Scranton, and that's Myron W. Scranton, who was a son-in-law of Peter B. Barbeau, from the two letters of exchange. Uh, in the afternoon, the North Star arrived, and I delivered to the porter two packages for Father Jacker. So maybe I was right, maybe he became a priest. A ciborium and a Celtic grammar and uh, other prayer books and a catechism and two packages for uh, Father Shibul, candles and prayer books and a ritual. One portrait for Father Teal, the 37th anniversary of my first Mass in Libriana, and that was entered in the column on the left-hand side under September 22nd. And September 23rd, a Sunday, I said Holy Mass at 8 and Father Durake at 10. As a footnote, the occasional presence of Fathers Durake and Kohler and the Jesuit brothers indicates a positive relationship between these Jesuits and Barriga. Back to the entry. Preached in English and French, Father Durake also sang the Vespers. I held the catechism class and then told the children that in the future they should come by one thirty. September 24th. I saw Father Durake at the dock. I would have liked to go to confession, but I could not find a proper place for that. Perhaps he will come here again next Sunday. September 25th. 
the oddest weather in the world. Uh, all day, first the sun shines and then it rains. The wind is very strong. And anybody who lives in Michigan knows that if you don't like the weather, just wait for 15 minutes and it will possibly change. That's a saying we have in, uh, in the UK, and I'd never heard it used by any other people of all the places I lived until I came to Michigan, and I heard somebody say something similar. Uh, and, of course, it's true of both of both places. September 26. Same weather as yesterday. Today, the brothers set up their stove because early in the morning and in the evening it's rather crisp. And the brothers got a footnote. Apparently, these are Jesuit brothers. Brother Hickey was at the Sioux with Father Durake. September 27th. The stove in the school was also set up and the classes for the boys as well as the girls are now in the upper classroom. Uh, Lord, do what you want me to do. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I will listen to what the good Lord speaks to me. And that's um, written in by by Bariga, and that's a, a quote from First Samuel 3.30 and Psalm 85, verse 8. September 29th, uh, Barriga wrote and then crossed out, uh, note to self, the above should have been noted here. And then he goes on to write, cooked supper. In the evening, the Iron City brought up three heavy mail, brought up a heavy mail among others, a letter for the Vicar General Marek, and one for the Reverend Joseph Anthony Mary Geese of Baden, who probably will come to us next spring, if it pleases the Lord. There's a couple of footnotes there. The first one, uh, Barriga had to do his own cooking after the departure of the Jesuit brothers. And then there's a footnote about Joseph Anthony Mary Geese, or Geis, from Freiburg, arrived at Sault Ste. Marie on August 31st, 1862, nearly two years after the his first contact with Barriga on September 3rd, 1862. Barriga sent Geis to Mackinac. In less than three months, he transferred himself to Minnesota to work for Father Perez. Father Yaka wrote that Geis was an enthusiast, enthusiast who left Mackinac because there was not enough Indians for him there and who then went to Minnesota, but left that place because there were too many Indians Jacka thought that Geis had gone to England, but eventually they lost track of him. So there you are. Um, strange days. And, you know, I know this from over the years with my brothers being priests and things like that. This kind of strange behaviour from clergy still goes on. I, I heard very recently about two priests in a diocese in England who just decided that... Uh, they were going to leave because they didn't like what the bishop was doing, and now they're travelling around. Now they have no way of getting to America, so I don't think they'll ever end up coming here because they've no. Uh, I think they'd have a problem getting a visa and things. But they've been all have been in Scotland, they've been into Wales, they've been over to Ireland, they've even been to see a, a, a bishop in France because one of them speaks French. All looking for. Uh, basically becoming itinerants rather than being obedient and getting on with what they do in the circumstance in which they find themselves. And you know that, that other thing that many people think the grass is greener, uh, it very rarely is because grass is grass. 
Anyway, back to the entries. So, September 29th, St. Michael. It snowed a little early this morning uh, from Louis Trump. I took $160 from Barbeau, $200, and sent 400 to the zealous and active missionary while a seraphim for his church at Beaver Harbour. I hope it will be his church if Mr. Geis, of course that's the former Father Geis, should come to cross uh, village. Uh, may God have mercy. And of course we realise it didn't happen. Um, September 30th, Sunday, today, Father Durake again sang the High Mass and I said the 8 o'clock and preached at the 10 Catechism at 1.30. Many children at the Catechism class, if it will only continue this way, an amen to that, Bishop. That's the last entry for 1860. Now, moving to 1861. September 1st, Sunday, after Pent- uh, 15th Sunday after Pentecost. I still feel weak, but I said Mass at 6.30 and preached at 10 and confirmed 6. However, in the afternoon, I did not preach. September 2nd, after Mass, I rode to Northport and waited there for a propeller for Mackinac. September 3rd, all day, I waited in vain with the good James Nolan for a propeller Reading Butler. Again, that's the Butler I was talking about. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Father Albin Butler's Light of the Saint. September 4th. At noon, the propeller Hunter arrived from Chicago. I boarded it and that night arrived at Mackinac. September 5th. Father Teal is very dissatisfied here. He yearns to return to Cliff Mine. That is just my wish also. Thanks be to God. September 6th. At noon, came the seabird and I sailed up to churches where we remained lying overnight. Uh, September 7th at 5am departed from churches and at 6.30 arrived at the Sioux where I received 20 letters. Some were very good, others rather good. Among them was one from Munich with $400. Uh, God be praised. September 8th 16th Sunday after Pentecost, preached in English and French at noon. Edward Perrault came up and I expressed my displeasure to him because he withdrew too much money from Louis Trump. Wrote many letters in the afternoon. This morning I, uh, this is the next entry, September 9th. This morning I sent Fabian Londerville and his brothers to Indian Reserve with bed, table, etc., wrote letters and there's a sizable footnote for explaining what this is about Barriga was planning an extensive visit and church construction quote to my great consolation and spiritual joy I have also founded a new mission and built a mission church on the so-called Sugar Island on the St Mary's River 20 English miles away from Sousson Marie Here is a small settlement of Indians, some of whom are already baptised. Others are still pagans. In order to provide them with a better opportunity to become converted and to attain their eternal salvation, I had a small church built, which on October 27th I blessed to God under the name of St. Joseph. 
The church was full of Christians and pagans, and all were pleased that in this desolate and remote Indian location a church now stands in which the sublime sacrifice of the New Testament is offered and the holy sacraments are administered, and where they hear the redeeming truths of the Christian religion in their own native language. I remained with these Indians almost three weeks, said Mass every morning and instructed them morning, noon and night. I have the most firm hope that all the Indians of this location will be converted and perhaps still others will settle here in order to live near a church. I promise them that I shall visit them every month and each time stay with them five or six days. I also recommended to them to assemble in the church every Sunday morning and afternoon to pray and to sing even if I'm not there. And this they now do precisely. When they assemble, they say the rosary and sing holy hymn in their own language. One of them leads along and others answer. The church, although small and built only of wood, like all of our churches, has nevertheless cost much money because the wages of the carpenters are so high I went into debt considerably. Next spring, when I again have some money, I intend to build another small church in an Indian settlement of St. Martin's Island in Lake Michigan in order to make also these Indians accept Christianity. Some of them have already expressed the wish to be converted, if only a missionary would come to them. Now this I want to do this winter and next spring I shall build there a small church. These churches and Indian settlements have especially this advantage that the Indians assemble in the church on Sundays also when no missionary is with them and there pray and sing. And that is, Barriger wrote that in November 11th, 1861. I think that is a salutary lesson to all of us that um, people should gather, whether it's a priest or not, for devotions. We need to encourage people to have a devotional life that has almost disappeared in many places. People think if they're not coming to Mass, not coming to church to receive um, the magic biscuit, then there's no point in coming. That's why you have such a problem trying to encourage people to come uh, and adore um, or just pop in to the, the church. That's something that even just two generations ago, uh, people did that. They popped into churches, they lit candles. You can see that still in some places. But in many places, that's that's just not, not happening. I, I don't know what that's what's that about, what the basis of that is. Was that priests failing the people? Was that poor education? Is it the fact that they weren't offered or that churches got locked? I don't know what that is, but I have to say it's very disappointing trying to rebuild a culture, Catholic culture, in people's lives when they're not even uh, wanting it. They don't seem to want it. I, I was reading something recently um, uh, talking about uh, Isaiah and particularly Jeremiah speaking to the people who were exiled and how frustrating it got for them because the the people began to be comfort, comfortable in their exile. They became enculturated to their surroundings and, you know, Moses, that happened with hence all the murmuring and moaning of the chosen people in uh, the desert. Uh, why can't we go back to this? Why can't we go back to that? But people have to 
have a good look at themselves and say, this complacency, this desire that they they have for just dipping their toe into Catholicism and thinking uh, that's enough, whether that was because of the failures of priests, bishops or whatever, that's not the reality of our faith and it's going to fall on people. That's how they're going to be judged. How well are they living the, the faith? And I, I think when you hear what I just read out there about the Indians and their, des- their desire, and also for priests, I don't know how many priests listen to my radio program, probably not very many, um, but that that's why I offer all the things I offer in my parish and why people like Father Libby and Father Joe Miscavige and um, Father Chris Jarvis, why they offer all the things that, that they offer. But then you know sometimes you're moved and another priest comes along and he doesn't do the things. And uh, that's a shame. I think that's a shame for the faithful. Uh, uh, because, you know, it's hard work building up a, a, faith, a Catholic culture in a parish. And if you inherit it, you should be thanking God. You shouldn't be thinking, there's too much hard work going on here. But then that's also, we will all be judged before God um, about how well we've conducted ourselves as priests and I certainly have got plenty of failings. Uh, there's another footnote here. Um, this is following on from wrote letters. Uh, one of the letters that Bishop Barriga wrote apparently was to Bishop Lefebvre in uh, Detroit. When I saw your lordship at Detroit in the first part of May, you promised to contribute towards the support of our Indian mission, $200 annually, but at the same time you told me that you could not well furnish it for this year before two or three months. Four months are excuse me, I'll turn the page here. Are now gone uh, by since that time. Therefore I request your lordship to send me a good draft for the above amount. Well, good for you, because you don't ask, you don't get. So back to the entries. September 10th, this is as remember we're still in 1861, wrote many letters. September 11th, Fabian has not returned. Fabian came in this afternoon bringing the sashes for the windows. September 12th, Fabian painted sashes all day and uh, is finished with everything. The sashes are those, I think they're those surrounds of the windows with the mechanisms of the going up and down of the windows fit inside, I think. Um, Edward Perrault and son were paid in full September 13th this noon Father Teal came with Mr Sweeney returning to his mission at Cliff Mine on the Michigan September 14th wrote and read nothing particularly special September 15th 17th Sunday after Pentecost just as a a note uh, if you're familiar with the old calendar you'll know what this is what I've been saying here um, the uh, Sundays weren't counted in ordinary time, they were counted about times after Pentecost Sundays after Epiphany uh, so that's what's happening here, this is why it's a 17th Sunday after Pentecost said Mass at 8 and 10 preached in English and French, I became angry because of a boy's unauthorised ringing of the bell and there's a footnote about that this seems to be correct from the context. However, in the original German, Barriger wrote Necht instead of Nicht, which sometimes changed the phrase to read, I did not get angry. 
In wilderness areas, the ringing of a bell is an unusual times usual at unusual times signals a disaster, a special gathering, or some other major event. The ringing of the church bell could have caused a disturbance to the entire town. Okay, so September sixteenth. Today I received a check for two hundred dollars from Bishop Lefevre as a contribution to the maintenance of our mission in Emmett County, etc. Well, at least the good, the good bishop from Detroit kept his promise. September 17th. Today, the Reverend uh, Adolshek came down here from the cliff. He wants to go to the Redemptress. He will hardly be satisfied there. And the bishop who uh, uh, once translated these or edited these, apparently he wrote... um, in the footnote, uh, on the, the uh, what do you call it, in the margin, in this, uh, no, he didn't stay. So he must have known who the Reverend Adolfshek was. September 18th, entry says, nothing special. September 19th, preparation for the mission of St. Joseph, Indian Reserve. September 20th, departed for St. Joseph's Church, Indian Reserve. It rained all day and the portage of three miles was unusually bad, etc. September 21st. Today I went into all the houses of the small village and made inquiries everywhere whether the Indians living there wanted to be converted and I received gratifying answers, rather many confessions. September 22nd. 18th Sunday after Pentecost, at 10 o'clock, offered Mass and preached. The little church was all filled, thanks be to God. In the afternoon, Vespers and a sermon. September 23rd. Today the Indians cleaned up the place around the church, which is very stony. September 24th. After the Mass, we rode away from Edward Pirinier and at 1.30 arrived at the Sioux. I rode away immediately and at 7pm arrived at Payment, where I proposed to remain until Monday. September 25th. After Mass... I carried the Most Holy Sacrament to Makidok's wife, who has been sick for a long time. And there's a footnote about that. Henry Makidok, age 34, was a Michigan-born fisherman. He and his wife had one child. That's from the census in 1860. September 26th through to 27th. Read all day, one single confession and one baptism ready for all services. And there's a footnote. Varaga also sent a thank you to that organisation, the Propagation for the Faith in Paris, uh, for the 100 francs for mass intentions. And then September 29th, read Butler all day, some confessions. September 29th, Sunday, said mass at 7 for the communicants, at 10 sang a high mass and preached in French and Indian in the afternoon, Indian Vespers. P.S. Church promised us $25 toward the expenses of addition to the payment church, uh, chapel. September 30th. Left after mass and at noon arrived at the Sioux. One quart of ground corn for poor Bapt in Quebec, and there's a footnote there, the meaning is unclear. Yeah, you're not joking. Um, 
Well, that's the end of the entries for September 1861. September 1862, I will not get these all in with their footnotes, um, but here we go. September 1st, today the four daughters of the heart of Mary, who for 14 days have waited here for the ploughboy, left for Montelin. They made us four nice altar bouquets. September 2nd to 3rd, wrote letters almost all the time. September 4th, prepared the stations of the cross pictures for Beaver Harbour, ready to be placed in their frames. There's a footnote for that. On this day, Barriga learned that his sister Amalia had died on August 10th, 1862. He wrote his niece, I received your letter dated August 15th, in which you informed me of the death of my beloved sister, as it was... Only with Amalia that I corresponded, my writing to Trebuye is now ended. Oh, there you go. Um, September 5th, Father Geis went by Seabird to Mackinac. The Stations of the Cross pictures are completed. September 6th, the Stations of the Cross were packed and sent to Tromp from where they will be sent to Beaver Harbour on the Bacchus. September 7th, uh, uh, Sunday, preached in English and French. The Bacchus came and left with the box, expecting the Ursuline sisters. They haven't arrived yet. I hope they will come. On the 9th, they left New York. September 8th, Nativity of the Blessed Virgin, wrote letters and read. September 9th, today the Ursuline sisters of East Morrisania, New York, are leaving for Minnesota Mine, According to a report dated September 3rd, today two workers began to work on the flat roof. September 10th, worked on the, the roof, nothing special, read all day, a very nice day as well as yesterday. September 11th to 12th, read, worked, work is diligently being done on the flat roof despite the rain. September 13th, the flat roof is finished. Today I expected the Ursulines as well as Mr Sweeney. He does not come for a long time. September 14th, Sunday. Noteworthy day, the Ursulines arrived and continued on the Illinois. Moreover, Mr Sweeney came and Mr O'Flanagan, since the seminary in Milwaukee disbanded for fear of conscription. Because seminarians were adult unmarried men, they were subject to military draft for the Union Army. September 15th, Mr Patrick O'Flanagan received the Holy Order of Subdiaconate. Scenes and unpleasantness because of the school. September 16th. This morning, uh, Mr. Patrick O'Flanagan received the diaconate. At 1pm, he left on the Mineral Rock. September 17th. This morning, Mr. Sweeney received the subdiaconate a rainy day. On September 18th, Mr. Sweeney diaconate. Preparation for journey to Michigan. Uh, September 19th, Mr. Sweeney's priesthood. Departure for St. Joseph, Mr. Father Sweeney now, went on the Northern Light to Hancock. Father Conan came here on the Northern Light. He was a priest that was coming up from Fort Wayne, Indiana. The The speed of these guys getting done was uh, ordained, that we just heard, was because they were to go off to places to start to learn the language and uh, Barriga wanted them to get there 
before the weather changed, apparently. Uh, September 20th, some confessions in the Church of St. Joseph, Michigan. September 21st, Sunday, uh, performed everything at St. Joseph, many confessions, 39th anniversary of my priesthood. 22nd September, rained all day. I visited the house up and down, he's written. Uh, uh, visited the houses up and down, I guess that's walking up and down the street, he means. September 23rd, return heavy rain and strong contrary wind. September 24th, departure for Goulet Bay. A very nice day, calm, favourable wind in the afternoon. September 26th, 25th, 26th, 27th, worked busily on the church, set up all the pews, made the altar, communion rail, station of the cross and everything. In the evening, I had some confessions. September 28th, Sunday, Feast of the Seven Dolores of the Virgin Mary. So that's the Seven Sorrows. Today I said the first Mass in the new church of the Blessed Virgin Mary and preached in Indian in the morning and afternoon. Uh, instead of Vespers, we had devotions of the Stations of the Cross. There's a footnote by that, which I think I'll read. In the church of St. Mary's in Goulet Bay, there is still a small picture of Our Lady of Sorrows. On the reverse is Barriga's writing. In the inscription says, On the feast day of the seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin Mary, in the year of the Lord, 1862, the first Mass was celebrated in this church of the same most Blessed Virgin Mary, conceived without sin in Goulet Bay. So there you are, but history is still there. Uh, then September 29th, Returned to Sault Marie, a very nice day and favourable wind. Thanks be to God. Scarcely was I home when Joseph Perrault came and took me to his sick wife, Angelique. Stayed overnight with Alfred Payment. September 30th. This morning I said Mass at Payment. Joseph Payment plastered the brother's room. And that's the end of the entries for 1862. So it turned out that uh, we did get enough to to fill this this week's programme. So and looking forward to uh, October with Bishop Barriga. And so let's end as we always try to do with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can listen again to this or any other episode of Let's Talk Catholic at our blog, Let's Talk Catholic Podcast. .blogspot.com or you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or almost any other podcast provider. You can also like us on Facebook. Let's Talk Catholic is produced by Nick Medelsky and can be heard right here on Relevant Radio in Northern Michigan, Saturdays at noon. <laughs>